Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach coming to you today from the top of the Chesapeake Bay in beautiful Chesapeake City, Maryland, where Stephanie and I are here for the summer. I've got a fantastic guest in an area that is just alive for me. Obviously, I love marketing. I love e-commerce. I love online. I love small business. So let me tell you about my guest, Andy Seely. He is a master in sales and digital marketing, having led a number of companies and clients to achieve success. His work redefines what it means to be a people person, putting the best interests of everyone from an individual team member to each client account at the forefront. Andy's previous experiences have taken him from retail spaces to the publishing world. Today, Andy leads a team of digital marketing mavens as the CEO and co-founder of Creatively Disruptive, which is a a fantastic name for a company because that's what you need to do. You need to disrupt the conversation, right? In addition to his roles as CEO, Andy also actively mentors other business owners and offering timely tips and tricks in Facebook marketing and a bunch of other things. Really quick, and then we'll jump right in. He is originally from Hamilton, New Zealand, which is kind of far from here. He currently resides in Surprise, Arizona. I guess there's actually a town called Surprise. And um, Andy, how are you doing today? Surprise. I'm in Surprise. I know. That's pretty funny. Some of the names of these towns. You know why it's called Surprise is the founder of it back in like 1890 or something was a landowner or farmer. and, And they said, I'd be really surprised if this turns out to be anything. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> well, the, you know, there's some crazy towns in Pennsylvania Dutch country like Intercourse and Burden. And so <laughs> there's some funny, funny stuff. Um, well, I love talking with uh, other small business owners. I love talking with people who coach and mentor and and people who are up on the latest in, in marketing. I want to find out a little bit about when did you get started? Was that in New Zealand? And, and then you did you move to the States or like what was that transition? Yeah, I, like? I moved to the States. Um, in 1999, so it's been a little while now. It doesn't feel that long ago, Jim, but uh, it, uh, 1999 came over here. I was actually coaching rugby, believe it or not. I was a rugby coach. My, my degree was in sports science, and I was coaching rugby, um, and I was on my way to, to the UK, and I stopped here for six months and met a girl and stayed, and, and then never, never got away, um, but I started my marketing and sales career probably in 2001 and uh, you know worked for a television station through to about 2008 Um, and then I started my own media company in 2008 um, where we did publishing and, and videography and so forth for the tourism industry um and did a little bit of work with some radio stations and so forth um and then 2015 we started creatively disruptive um because we wanted to be able to help small business we wanted it to be much more broad small business instead of just tourism focused right um and you know it's been you know an amazing ride ever since 
That's amazing. So uh, first of all, creatively disruptive. That's a pretty cool name. How how'd you come up with that? Well, my my uh, sorry, I had to quickly lock the door. I've got a little three year old who might run in here and scream and yell. I'm at home right now. Um, so creatively disruptive. 2015. I remember sitting, you know, at a at a dinner table with my business part, partner Russell, who's who's just a guru when it comes to um, the digital platforms and we were you know discussing starting this business and we were like coming up with a name and we actually came up with creative disruption um, and then we did some work on like checking out to see who was who else was out there and there was a couple of there was one other company called creative disruption they're in a different industry but we we're like okay we don't want to be the same as somebody else so we just added the lee um, creatively disruptive um, to change it up. But it came from, ultimately, it came from a space of, you're right, disruptive, you need to disrupt the news feeds. You need to disrupt the air, right? You need to stand out. So disrupting was something that we wanted to have in the name of the company. And we also... We didn't want it to be because you know disrupt disruptive disrupting you know you know, a lot of people often think that it's called destructive or destructing, um, and we wanted to like soften that, um, and we wanted to make you know so we added the creative part of it, the creatively because you don't want to just be like because I could be disruptive if I walk into a room and I just shout at you right that's going right. to get your attention but you might not be very happy about it, but if if somebody comes in and they start dancing. You're going to go, whoa, what's that? But it might not upset you, right? So that's kind of like the, the difference that we want to be creative about the way that we disrupt the news feeds and disrupt your eyes and disrupt your ears. Um, we don't want to upset you, though. It's not upsetting disruption. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> upsettingly disruptive. It's creatively disruptive. So that's kind of where that name name came from. Very good. Well, Andy, who are your clients? Who do you typically work with? Um, we have three three industries that we serve. So uh, create, uh, we, we work with e-commerce. We work with a number of pretty decent size, successful e-com brands. Um, so, you know, that's where the hard yards is. That's kind of like the Olympic level of, of online marketing, in my opinion. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's constantly changing and, and, and adjusting and, and doing things. And that's where we get a lot of the, you know, I, I guess that that's, that's where we muscle up and we stay in, in hardcore marketing shape. Um, and then we have another, you know, we take care of a lot of service industry, small businesses, a lot of some retail small businesses. Um, we've got some contractors and, and tradesmen. We've got uh, restaurants. Uh, we've got some retail outlets and so forth from a small business uh, marketing standpoint. A lot of them are brick and mortars or they service an area, you know, with, with whatever service that they offer. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, um, I would call those kind of like local businesses where they market within like a 10 mile radius or so forth. Um, and then we have another industry that we work with, which is kids activity centers, which is near and dear to my wife's heart. She's a gymnastics coach, has been all her life. Um, and, you know, we, we take, we, we help uh, gyms, gymnastics gyms, um, dance schools, swim schools, karate, all of those kind of like kid centric activity businesses. Um, to market themselves and you know whilst a lot of our clients have struggled over the last you know year or so obviously with the pandemic we we've gone from strength to strength because i think a, a lot of businesses have suddenly realized maybe i need to have, be better online 
Um, yes. Ones that are better online have actually survived, if not thrived. Um, well, I think probably restaurants got hurt the most. I'm sure there's yes. maybe one or two others, but restaurants are getting killed. So mm -hmm. how are how do you advise restaurants right now? How do they how do they use um you know the internet yeah. and well, a lot of them, you know, if you look at most restaurant websites, then they've kind of poorly put together. They're either, you know, very artistic, like where it's all about just making it look as pretty as possible, but not actually doing anything or converting anything, or they're actually just really poorly put together because no one's really taken any, you know, some maybe someone put it together 15 years ago and never looked at it again, right? So that seems to be the majority um, from a website standpoint. We, we, what we've done, our strategy has been for the restaurant clients that we have is to get their website up and running um, in, a, in a smooth, easy to operate, operate way where people can easily call them or find them because that's usually most people are looking for restaurants on their cell phones, if I'm honest, and are either looking to call them, visit them or, to, or order something, right? So we've, we, we usually go in and we rehash their website. So it's very easy to do those three things. Um, and we have an, and all of our restaurants now actually have online ordering um, systems where they can actually, where someone can actually place an order online, purchase and, and do the whole nine yards and then go and pick it, go and pick up. And um, all of the restaurants that we work with have, you know, they started with not much in the way of online or or takeout kind of, of you know, because they were like nicer restaurants. So they didn't do a lot of takeout business or, or delivery business. And what a lot of our focus had been was, you know, geeing up or, or really promoting their their takeout and their delivery business. And quite frankly, they, they all survived and they all did, you know, I, I wouldn't say they did well because, you know, if, if you're, you, you, if you close down and here and here's the big thing jim all of our restaurants are in california which has been really locked down oh wow but all of them have done quite well in regards to they they're still open and and the owners made made a profit maybe not the profit that they would have but they didn't lose their butts if that makes sense right i've worked with a lot of contractors myself i'm curious um some of your strategies you know the life of a contractor especially like a you know small independent contractor he's up like 4 35 o'clock yep. getting his supplies getting to the job site quitting by 4 30 going to inspect jobs so he can give a quote then he goes home has dinner and then he goes to his computer <laughs> and does the <laughs> billing and i mean when does he have time to market that's that's my impression of what an average contractor's right. life is like and, you know, right now there's a bit of a shortage on contractors. So I think a lot of contractors, there's, there's different types of contractors, right? There's the contractor that does all the work himself, right? Um, and he's out there busting his butt and he's probably subcontracting to other more you know, larger general contractors and so forth. And quite frankly, right now there's so much work, it's ridiculous. Um, now, those guys oftentimes are just, just cranking it out and they're working their hours and putting their time in and they're making decent money, but if they stop working, you know, that they stop earning. Um, now, the, you know, two of our main contractors that we work with are much more are a little bit more general contractors. So they're they're actually getting in the large jobs. They want higher end jobs, they want the, the larger margin jobs. Um, you know, and I think marketing can help you get there. There's lots of bits and pieces stuff where, you know, for me, you know, right now I'm getting pavers put in my backyard and so forth. That that I would call, you know, <laughs> we're doing is bits and pieces. Um, 
So, you know, there's lots of that kind of work out there and people are, are desperately searching and there's a lot of demand. So, you know, my, my thought always is if you're in a high demand business, don't just sit there and just take the business that you're getting. Make sure that you're getting the creme de la creme. Make sure that you're able to charge the, the, the right amount of money that you can actually maybe hire some people. Maybe you can have the odd day off. Maybe you can even go crazy and have a vacation. Um, and you've still got a team of people, you know, working and, and doing the things that need to be done um, because you've actually, you're actually getting jobs in which are paying you decent money um, and, you know, getting th and, and, and things are happening. I mean, there's so much demand out there. I mean, you probably know this, Jim, you know, everybody has money. It seems like there's a lot of cash out there and everybody was at home and there's a lot of people that are updating, renovating, putting in pools, putting in pavers. Um, into their houses and there's a lot of demand out there but you know you know like our gyms a lot of times we have gymnastics gyms that we work with and very quickly they start getting busy and then they max out and oftentimes we, we end up having a conversation at that point and we say and they say well should I continue marketing and we always say obviously yes you should because you never want to have the peaks and troughs you always want to be full but then the the focus goes from okay I'm now full. I can't actually put any more kids or any more people into our organization, but now it's raising the prices because the demand, you know, you get enough demand, you can start raising your prices. Um, and that's kind of usually where we're working with our contractors is, okay, let's get, get you really busy, which most of them already are, but let's start making it really comfortable for you to start raising your rates so you can actually, um, you know, have a good life. Hopefully we're not contributing to in inflation, you know, but uh, um, that's usually kind of like the process that we're working through with using Google, Facebook, um, and uh, email marketing and conversion optimization being, you know, making sure your website works sufficiently. Um, I to, yeah, I'd love to touch, Andy, on uh, Facebook marketing. I mean, yep. back in the day, and I think all the way back to maybe even three, four years ago, it was so easy to create, you know, Facebook ads that ran. But I mean, they it seems like the only constant is change and, and Facebook changes about every, you know, couple of months. They're changing how it's yep. working and, and what they charge and who they put your ad in front of. And what are oh, you yeah. seeing? Yeah, it's that's just the way it is. Right. So, you know, Facebook's been around for what, about 15, 16 years now. Yeah. And the one thing, as you said, the one thing that is absolute is that every month there's a change, right? It's maybe even every week there's some change, might be smaller. And every, say, three to six months, there's major changes to the point that stuff that we were doing this time last year isn't really working now, right? Because things have changed. Um, just recently, iOS 14 came out, um, which is the new updated system on all the Apple iPhones, which is requiring everybody that is online that is trying to market or work with you or all the apps that are working on your phone has to get requests for you, has, has to have approval from you to actually use your data, which mm -hmm. is a big deal to, to Facebook. Um, and there's a lot of hoop jumping technical hoop jumping that you have to do to actually be able to continue advertising on Facebook. You have to register your domains. You have to do a whole bunch of other things to make sure that, um, you know, you can, you can advertise on Facebook. So even just the ability to have access, there is now some technical hoop jumping that you have to go through that um, can be difficult for small businesses. And we've seen a big uptick in, in requests for help um, basically, you know, basically due to that. And there'll be another thing in six months to a year that will, will change and, and, and make things um, different. 
oftentimes when they make the changes that are internal, when they decide to change something, it's for the better. This is the first major thing that we've seen for a long time, which is external, which is basically Apple saying, hey, we're going to do this, deal with it. And then Facebook's having to figure out I know. How, to, how to deal with it. And a lot of, lot of small businesses have had their accounts shut down because of this change, right? Because they haven't done some of the things that Facebook has wanted. So we, we oftentimes help go through that. But Facebook, in my opinion, is still the biggest friend, you know, people might hate Facebook people. There's a lot of political stuff about Facebook and, you know, I don't like some of the things, you know, politically that Facebook does, but from a, from a friendly space for small businesses to make a real difference to their lives, Facebook is still the best platform to be on. Um, There's no other platform that I think is as powerful as Facebook to introduce new businesses to new clients or businesses to new clients. So well, one thing for sure is with all these changes, I mean, it makes it really hard for solopreneurs and people that are just starting out to not waste a crap ton of money doing it themselves. So it's probably good for folks like yourself yeah. who, who understand yeah. it. My thing is this, you know, if you're a solopreneur or, or a freelancer or, um, or even, you know, maybe you got a, a, a thriving small business with 20 employees, your focus is what your specialty is, right? So if you're a baker, you want to be baking. If you're a gymnastics gym owner, you want to probably be coaching gymnastics. If you're a contractor, you probably want to be renovating or building homes, right? That's that's your focus. That's your specialty. Um, like anything in any business, you should have somebody or a team or somebody who's equally as good as you are at your specialty at marketing your business. And instead of trying to be that guy, it's not a throwaway part of your business. I always look at the, at business and, and all of the successful businesses that I've ever seen are made up of basically two things, product and service and sales and marketing, right? If you don't have a good product and service, it's, it's difficult to, you know, after a while, the sales and marketing won't work because people will find you out, right? You won't get those return, return customers. But if all you have is product and service and no sales and marketing, you can't sell anything because no one will even know that you have it to sell. And unfortunately, many small business owners um, and many businesses do a really poor job on the sales and marketing side of things. And no one ever gets to see their amazing products and services um, because they kind of like take it as, oh, I I can have my friend's 14-year-old who has an Instagram account with a thousand followers on it. They can do my marketing for me. Well, it's it's not that that that's not going to work very well for you. And and when you complain that Facebook doesn't work for you, that's why not because Facebook's not working. Because Facebook will work tremendously well for almost any business. Um, it's all it's all about finding the right eyes that are most likely going to purchase your product and putting your message in front of them in a compelling, creatively disruptive way, so to speak. Right. So. Um, I, I highly suggest that anybody that's very serious about, about making real money in their business to get very serious about the quality of their sales and marketing team. Um, and the marketing team probably more so than the, as equally as the sales team, because the sales team, you know, you don't want guys going out and knocking on doors and saying, hey, do you want to buy my product? Oh, you don't? Okay, do you want to buy my product? What you really want is people coming to you, to your sales team and saying, hey, I'm really interested in your product. And then your sales team being able to work with that conversation because it's a very different conversation than if I reach out to you, Jim, and say, hey, would you like to buy these sunglasses that I have? You might say, well, I've got a perfectly good pair of sunglasses. But if I've got really good marketing going and you come to me, Jim, and say, hey, I'm, I'm in, in the business for some sunglasses, 
do you have any? And I'd say, well, I actually do. It's a very different conversation, right? And that's right. what good marketing can give to a small business owner or any business owner is that conversation where you're in the power seat, where you're the consultant, you're the helper rather than you're the pusher. Does that make sense? It makes great sense. Andy, I got about two or three minutes left. I wanted to sure. ask you about Instagram stories. Are yep. you using or do you teach your clients or how are, how are you helping your uh, small businesses use Instagram stories? Yeah, Instagram stories, I think, you know, it's funny because Instagram stories, but now you see it on, you know, YouTube starting to do a very similar thing. They call them snippets or something like that. I can't remember exactly what they call them. Facebook's even got it. I know Facebook and Instagram are the same company, but even on Facebook, you're getting a story type thing going through in it. And basically, um, we are. Um, we use it for our own marketing. We tell our clients uh, to do it as well. It's just another more, um, I guess, engaging way to get people to interact with you. And quite frankly, when I go on, to, on Instagram, if you're not aware of what Instagram stories is, it's like you go onto Instagram and there's a whole bunch of little of a lineup of people that you follow or, or you look at and you click on one and it kind of like goes through and it tells like either a video story or there'll be lots of different photos or whatever. And it's all these posts and things that people have put up that you follow. And then it goes to the next one. Then it goes to the next one. It goes to the next one. And oftentimes it's kind of like, I find myself, I'll just click on it and start scrolling through it more so than I even look through my newsfeed oftentimes. And it's tremendously powerful. It's it pretty much works very similarly to a, a regular newsfeed, um, just that it's kind of like served up to you. Um, and from a marketing standpoint, you're able to drop in ads in between each of the stories from the followers that you're doing. So as, as I see you say, Jim, come through and I'm looking at where you are and you're in, in your boat and maybe, you know, you doing whatever you're doing. And then I've got another friend that's coming after you in between the two, there might be a, a creatively disruptive ad that pops up, um, because you're, you're the right. Because uh, I'm the right uh, person to, to see it, I'm most likely to purchase it. Um, and it's tremendously powerful from a marketing standpoint. We can drop in the ads into the in between the Instagram stories. And it's really powerful too from a posting standpoint because you get a lot, tend to get a lot more interaction, a lot more eyeballs. I don't well, know I yeah, that makes great sense. Um, I wish we had a lot more time, Andy. I'm really enjoying the conversation. How can sure. people uh, connect with you and learn more about you? And Sure. So we're doing a couple, two things. Um, one, go to creativelydisruptive.com. And if you, if you want a little bit of help and you want to learn a little bit more about this stuff, we actually have a course called um, the Small Business Academy. And you can actually go in there. So when you go to creativelydisruptive.com, click on what we teach. And then you'll see the um, Small Business Marketing Academy. Click on there, and then it will walk you through signing up to our course. Now, we have a charge on there, but it's anything between zero to infinity. And we it's called Pay What You Can. Because so many people are out there hurting, we wanted to help. Um, and you can go in, you can actually register and, and, and join the course and have free lifetime access to this course, which we actually use to help train our own interns. Um, and that course will actually as a small business owner, allow you to kind of like learn and get up to date and actually understand Facebook and Google and websites and so forth. So when you maybe talk to someone like me, um, or maybe you try to do it yourself, but I would suggest that you, you end up talking to someone like me, at least you know something about it. So you, you're not going to be, you know, have the wool pull out, pulled over your eyes. You could actually 
use that course, however, to actually try and do ads as well. But I would suggest that you go there um, or you know, send us an email at uh, team at creativelydisruptive.com. Um, we're, we're happy to, to chat with you and you can you know, contact us through the website as well. All right, perfect. Andy, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up our very special interview with Andy Seely, and you can connect with him at creativelydisruptive.com. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, that is Dream Biz Coaching, Dream B-I-Z Coaching. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.